Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the Mess Hall Podcast. This is episode number 72. This week's awesome guest is Karen Anderson. I really enjoyed her positive attitude. She is the president and CEO of Alberta Food Tours. It was an awesome, awesome episode. I really enjoyed it. Karen has so much great food experiences from around the world that she talks about. So I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I like making it. The Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And this week's podcast shout-out is going to It's a Conspiracy. It's brought to you by Andrew Scott and his, I'm going to say, drinking buddies, because they do a lot of drinking, but it is an awesome show. Andrew was on my podcast last week, so if you didn't listen to that episode, make sure you go back, listen to Andrew on the podcast. We talk about some ketchup stuff and some food conspiracies. But his podcast is awesome. I've been listening to it a lot lately. And he's talking about some pretty interesting conspiracies. So, like I said, it's a conspiracy. Make sure you go listen to it. It's part of the Alberta Podcast Network. It's one of the new podcasts. So, And there's some more new podcasts coming onto the network. There's always great, great shows on the Podcast Network. So go over to the albertapodcastnetwork.com and check out all the great shows. chat what and where you like to eat and everything like that it's the mess hall podcast oh hey today i have karen anderson welcome to the mess hall podcast thanks for having me it's great to have you on here i enjoyed our chat already (laughs) um but i want people to get to know you a little bit more so I found out about you through Alberta Food Tours, so can you explain a little bit more of that to the audience and what you do with that? Absolutely. I started Alberta Food Tours in 2006. Uh, I had been a nurse for 21 years, and I thought the people were getting really far away from food, and our health was suffering as a society. So um, it might seem odd to start a food tour as a way to connect people with their health again, but food was such a key, and I thought I didn't want people just showing up. As a, I was a nurse practitioner, I was teaching nurse practitioners, and people were showing up with diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, all caused by food. So I thought, what could I do to connect them with healthy food again? So I started volunteering with Slow Food International, uh, promoting local farms and farmers that I knew grew healthy food. I started teaching cooking lessons. I started writing about food for uh, the CBC Radio, uh, City Pellet Magazine, Avenue, Calgary Herald. And eventually, so many I saw so many great stories. I thought, well, a food tour where I actually took people around and told the stories live and connected them with other human beings that were devoted to great food would be uh, a lasting impact on them. So... That started very slowly. I think I did 12 tours my first year, but now in 2019, I'm sitting here looking at you, and we have eight food tours in the province of Alberta. We're in Edmonton, Calgary, Canmore, and Banff, and I have 20 uh, very talented guides on my team. And so we meet up with people in a neighborhood, and it's always a walking tour with us, and we spend about three hours, and we go anywhere from 
five places to like on our Calgary Farmers Market tour. Uh, we have a brunch and they taste 15 different things grown here. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's a way we always try to choose businesses that support uh, local Alberta farms so that we have this trickle down effect that the dollars that people spend with us provide great jobs for our team but also support thri- you know local businesses. And uh, we've had really good luck because we've been a finalist for top culinary experience in Canada. And nice. then this, this last year we uh, have two of our tours were designated Canadian signature experiences by Destination Canada. So it's been, you know, from uh, a nurse that wanted to uh, have people think about food differently to now uh, I call myself a mom entrepreneur. I grew my <laughs> company as my son grew and, and they're both quite large now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, that's an amazing story. I I didn't know that you were up for awards. And yeah. I didn't even know those type of awards existed. So Yeah, I think that's the thing, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's a food business, but it's also a tourism business. Yeah. So uh, for about, I'd say, eight years, I've been working closely with uh, organizations like Tourism Calgary. Uh, and then since 2016, when we expanded Edmonton Tourism, uh, tourism Canmore, Cananaskis, and now Banff Lake Louise Tourism as well, and Travel Alberta. And so they're a great support in helping us <coughs> um, market our, our product and attract more than just locals. So I'd say we're now about 50% uh, regional, local Albertans, and 50% people from all over the world. Nice. So do you find people from all over the world coming into Alberta and then going on to your tours? Yeah, I think now it's a thing. Okay. Uh, savvy travelers, I know the first thing I do when I go to a new destination, I take a food tour first nice. because I'm going to meet a local. They're going to give me all the, first of all, they're going to take me to all hits, no misses on the tour. I'm going to learn about the culture of the place and they're going to give me tons of recommendations of other things to do. So it it's just nice to connect with a human being that lives in that place. Otherwise, you can go to a great restaurant and you'll meet a server, but they're so busy they don't have time to talk to you. Yeah, so, yeah. a food tour operator is always going to be—you're going to spend three to four, two to three to four hours with them, and and you really get to know them. So, so that's what we see now. Um, people have done food tours other places, and they know it's a good way to get to know a place. So, they. Uh, we're seeing that a lot. They'll Google us. They'll find us on TripAdvisor, and um, they book. So it's great. Yeah, that's amazing. I I never thought of touring around the city that way. Like um, one of my favorite tours that I've ever did was when I was in Chicago, and we did a bus tour around the downtown, yeah. and one of the excursion tours, and, and it was really fun. My wife and I really enjoyed it. And I think next time I go to a city and that's what I'm going to have to do is go well, to a food tour because Ch- it makes sense. Yeah, Chicago's a great example because there's about 20 different food tour operators there. Okay. You can do just a cupcake tour in Chicago. Um, there's a great wow. <laughs> pizza tour, um, bus tour in the evening. You go to a lot of pizza places. Okay. There's a you know beer walking tour um, inside Navy Pier. There's a food tour inside Navy Pier of the oh, offerings there. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Seattle has about six different companies. Vancouver has that many. I just was in New York City. I did um, Scott's Pizza Tours. He was one of the first food tour operators in the world. And he's a great storyteller. And food tours of 
Foods of New York. I did that tour. That was a wonderful introduction to the culture of the neighborhoods, Chelsea and the Meatpacking District. Okay. Really came to understand how they've evolved and what they had a pretty shady past, but how they became gentrified and really popular tourism destinations now. So, yeah. That's awesome. Is there any city that you did a food tour on that really stood out to you? I think yes. Um, uh, I take people to India every year on a culinary tour for two weeks. Okay. And uh, last last year, the year before, we did one in Mumbai uh, on the beach, Chow Patty Beach, and you know that's something that you might think is quite intimidating, going and eating street food in Mumbai. But honestly, it's the freshest. Uh, it's all hot and prepared right in front of you. And it was unreal how tasty everything was and how pleased the vendors were that we, uh, I had gone with the in-country guide the day before to set it up and how okay. much, you know, he explained that I was going to bring these Canadians. <laughs> and they were just so impressed that we wanted to do it. We got uh, over-the-top service and, and just the smiles, I'll never forget them. So that, to me, stands out is... Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. And the very first food tour I ever did was in Boston in 1991. I lived there and uh, it was a nurse like me. She, on, she took a year off, became a, a chef. And then on her weekends, she used to do food tours of the Italian district in Boston. And that was life changing for me because I did that tour. Uh, we went to about six places, and then on all my days off when I lived in Boston, I gravitated to those stores and, okay. and that part of town, and it became um, my favorite place, uh, my favorite thing about Boston. So that stands out to me. It, uh, certainly when I, I think it left a lasting impression uh, as a way to impact people, and it, it influenced me and inspired me to, to create my own company. That's amazing. That's <laughs> you've ha you got me like so excited right now because... I want to go to India. I want to do that food <laughs> tour. Um, so that, like, seeing street vendors and what they do. I've seen some videos, and yeah. they're just making, like, big dosas and stuff like that. Yeah. Great. Well, maybe chai, not dosa, yeah. chai, you know, making tea with cream and spices in it yeah. and boiling it, that's an art form. And the chai wallas, the chai workers, stall workers, will have their loyal following. People line up around the block for if they're a really great uh, person, but they're quite theatrical because they pour it, yeah. you know, back and forth and yeah. stir it. And and uh, in Calcutta, um, there was a chai stall there that had the best chai I've ever had in India. And every time I walked by, I had to stop. And I ended up gifting him a, a book I wrote, a spicy touch, and giving him a special uh, maple wood uh, cooking spoon that I had. Uh, custom done with little happy faces cut into it with the Alberta food, food tours written on it and I have a okay. picture of him but you know I know that if I went back to Calcutta I would find him exact I'm not Calcutta sorry I'm, Varanasi is where it was um, but I know I would find him in exactly that spot and, and he would know he would remember me right yeah. so it's that kind yeah. of bond yeah, that's that's awesome. I and I've seen those videos with the guys <laughs> pouring the tea, and I think how much skill that takes because yeah. I'm pouring tea right now from this pitcher, and if I don't have it an inch above, I'm going to make a huge mess. <laughs> so it does take a lot of yeah, skill and, and yeah. talent and effort. Yeah, yeah, those people that do it, they have that passion for it, and you can see that. Like, yeah. not even being there like you are, but 
way mm -hmm. I see it. And they have that passion. They have that love. And you can see it in their face. And when Pride. they finish it yeah. and they're giving it to the customer, and yeah. both people, are their faces are lit up. So it's pretty yeah. awesome. And it's a, it's a public health thing, too. You know, in India, uh, a lot of the water has microbes in it. But, you know, for chai, they have to boil it for at least 10 minutes to get the milk to that thickness that the, you really want. So you know you're always safe to have yeah. a chai when you're in India. It's that's always going to be delivered well. Yeah. So, yeah. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So when you're doing food tours in Calgary and Alberta, Edmonton, is there a food tour that you particularly like doing? Like, is there one that is the best of the best? <laughs> or are they all just your children and you can't yeah. decide on one? I'm really proud of our Inglewood tour here in Calgary. Um, it's one that I um, have done from the outset, but it's evolved over the years. And a few years ago, I went to a week-long conference sponsored by Travel Alberta. It's called Shift. Yeah. And it's about... Um, taking a, a tourism product and, and changing it from the service industry where you're providing a service to the experience economy where okay. you're, you're affecting people, you're giving them an experience that's unforgettable and indelible and tells a story but you're involving them. So I, I went to that and I was determined when I came away from that to I took the Inglewood tour and, and really tweaked it until I felt that we had created something that was transformational. So it's called Inglewood Edibles Made by Mavericks. And instead of uh, me as a Caucasian middle-aged woman telling the story, you know, it, the, the whole purpose of it is to talk about the maverick spirit of Calgarians yeah. and to share the seven signature foods of Alberta. Okay. And we'll talk about what those are. Yes, I'm, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> But instead of, you know, two of them are really um, essential to the First Nations people, the indigenous people of Alberta. So if you think about bison and Saskatoon berries, those were the foods that helped them thrive, not just survive. Okay. So instead of me talking about those foods, I found an indigenous art gallery called Moonstone Creation in Inglewood, and I approached the two women that own it. and told them my idea that I'm going to do this food tour in this neighborhood. I'm going to talk about these foods, but I'd rather you talk about them and you present them uh, and present your the story of uh, the first people. And so that was transformational. So we start there. We do um, recognition of the traditional territories with those two indigenous women and already the guest is like, oh, this is going to be very different. Yeah. <laughs> and then they talk about, they present um, a smoked bison jerky and that's elder approved. It took three days over fire to make it. It's not your teriyaki bison jerky <laughs> that you're going to get at a, uh, you know, a butcher around Alberta. This has been uh, dried over real smoke for three days. It's chewy. You can imagine. Then you see yourself. 10,000 years ago that you would want something that took a long time to chew so that you had, you know, when you were hungry, it lasted a long time, right? And then they present the Saskatoon berry tea, but they talk about what pemmican is. And so there's that. And then we, we do some time travel. We have a, 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 a book full of photos and we're showing people what it was like when the first pioneers, the newcomers uh, came to Calgary and, 
and we talk about the big four uh, pioneers, uh, Alfred Ernest Cross, George Lane, Archie McLean, and Pat Burns, and what life would have been like for them and how they carved out their life and all the challenges they faced. Because a maverick is somebody that trailblazes and overcomes any obstacle put in front of them. And uh, so we talk about them when we go to Rouge and have a two-course lunch. And then instead of just talking about Alberta canola and honey, two more of the signature foods, yeah. we get people making an Alberta vinaigrette. Instead of a French vinaigrette, we get them in the garden. We keep two bees, uh, beehives in that garden. So they get honey from our beehives, canola oil, and they make a salad dressing and they dress the leaves. And again, it's like they're not watching you do it. It's not just being served. They're involved in making it and they get a recipe to take home. And so I think every time they make that at home, they'll remember that day. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and then they have red fife wheat bread, which is another of the signature foods. So already, and some root vegetables, so already we've had five of the signature foods. Yeah. Then we tell them we're going to time travel, but imagine what uh, that Inglewood would have been like. It was the first neighborhood of Calgary in the late 1870s into 1910. Imagine what it would have been like uh, for settlers coming here they need to provision so they we say they need a blacksmith a spice store a, a general mercantile so we take them to the modern day equivalent knifeware which has uh, blacksmith uh, chef knives kitchen yeah. knives yeah. and and they get to have a root vegetable pickle made for them they get to play with knives again they're part of it yeah. we go to silk road spices and um, we talk about uh, Sharples ranch uh, rub that was specifically developed for Alberta beef and bison and uh, and they, it's a sensory experience they get to smell and look at all the spices in it and then they get a packet to take home Nice. and we go down to bike grocer and eatery and um, they get a list of provisions and they have to see how much it would cost them to provision up for a hundred pounds of flour and uh, oh, okay. all the kinds of things the settlers would have needed um, and we talk about the fact that without that grocer, Inglewood would, would be a food desert. There would be no grocery store for the neighborhood. And uh, they get to sit and have carrot cake, uh, root vegetable again, and flour. And, uh, and then um, we finish at the Nash Hotel, which was a saloon built for, and a hotel built for railway workers. And... Uh, and we toast the Maverick spirit with a special cocktail exclusively for us called the Maverick. Nice. So that's an, that's just an, I think I'm really proud of that because uh, uh, it was about a year and a half process of applying to Destination Canada, the marketing arm of Tourism Canada, uh, yeah. to see if we could become a, a Canadian signature experience. And we got that approval in February. And now uh, Destination Canada includes that in their collection of those experiences there's about 200 in the country because they say it's an experience that visitors should do because it helps them understand what it is what Canada is about and what it is to be Canadian yeah and uh, so it's a must-see must-do experience and then to top that off three months later our Banff Springs Eat the Castle tour also became a Canadian signature experience okay. because it's Absolutely, not, there's nothing else like it. We have a four-stop tour inside the Banff Springs Hotel, and it's complete access and luxury, and, uh, and it's and unbelievable. That's <laughs> such an amazing place. That's where my <laughs> wife and I spent our first anniversary. Oh, so it's, oh, it's that's, pretty fun. That's uh, 
Yeah, you're a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that Inglewood tour sounds so amazing. And yeah. I, I think I'm going to have to get a babysitter and do it. <laughs> I um, hope you will. Th- that, what you said is just like bringing people back to the roots of Calgary. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, originally not from Calgary, but I really like Calgary. I like living here. Yeah. I don't regret any decision of moving here at all. And I feel this is my home. So to find something like that to bring it all around would be amazing so this episode is brought to you in part by the alberta blue cross wellness summit which happens on october 10th the wellness summit is a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness this year's focus is on what it takes to create a healthy workplace cultures where everyone thrives supporting health and wellness of employees is becoming a major consideration for many workplaces and Alberta Blue Cross wants to connect the dots of what it takes to create a healthier workplace with happy people. Among the speakers are Lawrence Seacan, author of The Bewildered Effect, a bestseller that shows leaders how to replace morale-killing business practices with inspiring ones. Alberta Blue Cross has designed a summit that you're not just sitting and listening, you'll have a chance to actively engage with the information the speakers and other attendees and will come to and you'll come away with practical tools and evidence-based resources that you can use whether you're a frontline worker or a c-suit executive connections happen here the summit is at the renaissance edmonton airport hotel on october 10th to learn more go to the it's nice we had a, a gentleman from the yukon and he grew up in inglewood okay and uh, about two years ago he and his wife went on the tour and he said he learned a lot about his neighborhood. And he's a, a fellow that's really into barbecues. So he he was thrilled to find Silk Road Spices and that they had mail order. And so he is one of their best customers now because he <laughs> orders so much uh, of their uh, rub, you know, and their product. Now so. I wonder if he considers it provisions. Like yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, so that, like I said, that's amazing. I... Mm-hmm. I'm going to definitely put that in the show notes. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> check this out because I, and make sure you come with me sometime. I yeah, want to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you said you had a cookbook as well. Yes. Well, and you have two books, I do believe. I think I do, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah uh, can you, what, what are your cookbooks about? I know, yeah. I, I know what it is, but I <laughs> looked it up. But can you explain why it came around? Like, yeah. I think, well, it is odd uh, for a Canadian woman uh, that grew up in a small town in the Maritimes to have published an Indian cookbook, but yeah. I, ever since I was a child, I've been fascinated by India and okay. the taste of the food. I've always felt like it was a part of me, which is odd, but it just, when I eat it, I just feel complete. And I took a cooking lesson in 1994 from a woman here in Calgary named Nirbanu Nimji. And I just thought her food was amazing. And she had uh, two cookbooks at that time that were bestsellers. But very quietly, she self-published. But she had sold about 200,000 copies. Uh, okay. Because in her uh, culture, the Ismaili Muslim culture, uh, she was the first person to write down these recipes. But she's a perfectionist, so they actually turn out. So she, it became an iconic gift to give every new uh uh, newly married couple. Oh, that's awesome. So I did a, when Britain became uh, there in 2006, Britain announced that curry was their national dish. 
And okay. specifically, I think it was chicken tikka masala. But I thought that was fascinating. And I thought, what does that look like in Alberta? So I did a 10-minute talk for the CBC radio about um, curry in Alberta. And I wrote about, I included an, an interview with Nirbanu. And then she invited me to lunch and she said she was looking for a recipe tester <laughs> and somebody to help uh, write this new cookbook. And I just looked at her and I said, I would give my eye teeth to do that. That would be amazing. And we yeah. had really bonded. And so she said, wow, that'd be great. So, you know, it was a labor of love, um, spending time in the kitchen with her, her teaching me that palate and um, how to taste and correct and the pace of it is so important. And it took nine years, but wow. we uh, produced a 320-page full-color uh, cookbook that's won a Taste Canada Silver Medal and an Independent Publisher's Silver Medal. Okay. And it's done really well. Um, and I think it's, it'll just keep selling because, uh, you know, chefs at SAID have told me it's like a textbook. And, and I think for the next generation... Um, of people that need visual aids to see how a dish should turn out and the instructions are written so anybody can do it. So that's been really rewarding. And uh, because of that, I ended up getting asked to lead tours to India, which I didn't see coming, but okay. it's been amazing. And now I'm writing a South Indian cookbook um, for, uh, featuring all the chefs I've met there. Nice. And then I've always written about Alberta and Alberta farmers. And um, so a few years ago, I was asked to write Food Artisans of Alberta. And that was a sheer joy for me. I spent about uh, 18 months, drove about 10,000 kilometers around the province. <laughs> and with my friend uh, Matilda Sanchez-Turi, uh, we covered 200 food artisans but we also list great farmers markets and watering holes around the province and it's beautifully uh, there's a lot of beautiful photographs and maps so it's really um, an adventure for any food lover in Alberta and um, it just won the World Gourmand Cookbook Award for Best Culinary Travel Writing in Canada so that was nice. a thrill for us yeah it's awesome <laughs> um, so we're almost out of time, but yeah. I want to come back yeah. to something you said earlier. Yeah. Um, you said the seven foods, signature, f foods. signature foods of Alberta. We talked about buffalo. Yeah. We talked about... Um, beef. What was that? Sorry. Beef. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Buffalo, beef, um, honey, canola. Yeah. Um, berries, Saskatoon berries. You're good. Um, red fife wheat. Yeah, red fife wheat. And root vegetables. And root vegetables. And uh, root vegetables are important here because... Our nights are colder, so they're sweeter. Um, the oh, sugars okay. concentrate in them in the ground, um, and our chefs love them. So, yeah, those you know, bison's been here for 120,000 years. Beef's only been here for about 170 years. It's an exotic Scottish import mostly. Interesting. <laughs> um, but it does really well in our, our lush grasslands. Yeah. And uh, canola was. Uh, naturally selected from rapeseed, Polish rapeseed, here in Alberta in the 1970s. And it has a, it's changed it from a highly sulfuric taste to something really palatable and heart healthy. Yeah. Honey, we have about 40 million pounds produced here by our uh, honeybees every year in Alberta. 
red fife wheat was the wheat that would grow here for the pioneers. It kept them from starving to death. Okay. Uh, the root vegetables I talked about in Saskatoon berries, they've just always been here. They're indigenous to Alberta, and they're mm. such a beloved prairie berry. They are. I, I never had them until I moved out here. So yeah. um, I've had Saskatoon berry pie. I think that's my first experience <laughs> with it. Yeah. And they were awesome. So I loved them from the very beginning of when I first had them. So It's um. great for us. There was a group of chefs that defined this narrative of these seven signature foods in 2015. Okay. And uh, I was covering that story for the CBC then, and I knew it. And it's just given my company... I don't know that a lot of people knew about that, but because I covered it, it's been part of our narrative in our tours so that we're trying to sh share that news just like you go to France to eat cheese 365 days a year. <laughs> yeah. You go to Italy for the pasta and the wine. We want people to know that Alberta, too, has uh, culinary ingredients that um, are like none, none other. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much yeah. our time. <laughs> Where can people find you? How can they find more about the Alberta Food Tours and everything else that you're doing and how to get your books and stuff oh, like that? Thank you, Avery. Um, albertafoodtours.ca uh, lists all our scheduled tours and um, the um, Silk Road Spice Merchants, uh, silkroadspices.ca sells uh, Spicy Touch and our spice box that we do. And uh, Food Artisans of Alberta is available widely around the province, um, but on Indigo for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'll put all that in the show notes. So, again, <laughs> thanks for coming on. This was truly awesome. I learned so much. I love learning about whether it's local or international, but this was truly amazing. So thank you very much for being on again. It's a real privilege, Avery, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks.